Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. Good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Showreel, a look at Australian film and filmmakers. And, uh, of course, over the COVID lockdowns, there's been a whole variety of uh, things happening that uh, have caused people to close cinemas. And uh, I'm not sure what's happening with the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival, which was supposed to be running this week. But, you know, maybe you can check on Nova website to find out what's going on there or give them a call. Uh, but uh, something must be happening. Um, but you can only feel sorry for people that have uh, had uh, genuine problems getting their uh, stuff out. And uh, you would have heard that the um, uh, if you're interested in the animation festival that was going to be on in Acme, that they actually had to cancel it altogether because Acme has got such a... Um, tight schedule for the year that uh, it wasn't it couldn't just be postponed it just had to be you know they had it's they had to cl- uh, pass the station and move on on the moving train of uh, their uh, ongoing uh, programming which is all very sad but anyway uh, we continue it's uh, in the um uh it was fascinating to listen to bits of uh, talk back with attitude uh, with uh, people flooding uh, four callers, uh, uh, blocking the um, calls of others and inflaming an anti-vaccination sort of uh, diatribe. And it's been found that uh, apparently there's about 12 people out there, 12 people who are log jamming the uh, social media with uh, false information about vaccination. You have to wonder what their political... Uh, agenda really is, uh, considering uh, the connections with the far right would be a, a, something that you probably should put into your consideration. Anyway, moving on to Australian film um, and things that didn't get played. The thing, One of the things that didn't get played was a fa- fantastic feature called Till Death, and it's a... Uh, a, a a big movie, really. It's a big thriller, and it's uh, starring uh, Megan Fox. And it was going to have its screening with Q and A, etc. At uh, Nova, it's uh, directed by a a young Australian guy um, called uh, Scott Dale, or he's going by the name S R. Dale and uh, big money, big American money, and uh, it was shot in Bulgaria. And uh, as I said, it stars Megan Fox. It's got uh, uh, fascinating um, uh, 
array of characters and um, uh, stars, as well as a, um, a brooding and uh, uh, snow-riddled uh, landscape. But anyway, um, it's it's a good film. It's it's quite a gripping film. And uh, and as it says, till death tells the story of a young woman, Megan Fox, who wakes up handcuffed to her dead husband after a romantic evening in the, their secluded lake house. Uh, that's only the beginning. So I had a, had a chat with Scott about this big adventure, his new big adventure into the big world of uh, big money and uh, big features. I really liked it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's... Um been a pleasant surprise to see people that are uh, enjoying it uh being that it's my first you know film you kind of wonder if uh if you're um if you know if you like it and no one else and everyone else will hate it or, or what the go is going to be so it's been uh it's been nice to finally get it out there and uh, get some warm uh, reception to it now tell me uh like you say you've done five uh, short films and uh, this is a really quite a big leap this is a, a feature it's got some major stars and it was shot in Bulgaria and it's american money right yes correct how did this all happen uh i actually i've always wanted to try to uh make my way over to to la and and work with those production companies i just always felt like the genre films that i like to make they they're the ones producing the most of them. So um, from the get-go, I would save up over the course of a year and go over there every couple, you know, for a week or two every year and try to just, you know, network with people, meet other Australians and just slowly get to know as many people as I, I could over there. And while I was back at home, I would try and do a, a short film a year and um, just slowly just made some networks. And, and then I did a, a short film called The Coat Maker, which was this, kind of horror jump scare sequence essentially and uh through that i got representation over there and um just started getting some some meetings and along came this script and i uh did everything i could to try and uh get the job all right so jason carvey wrote the script and it is it's got it's got uh, good touchstones to pass scenarios but uh, enough in it for it to be really interesting and he's obviously an interesting writer and is running with some interesting people isn't he yeah yeah he is yeah i think um you know it's just jason just made created such a unique story and um you know had so many interesting elements all the way through and what i uh was really drawn to it was was just the the lack of dialogue sometimes and how I, I like that challenge of having to visually tell the story as, as strong as possible. You know, uh, there's, there's elements of her kind of uh, reminiscing about her past um, in in ways that uh, uh, are done through, you know, photos or audio tapes and, and all that. So I really loved um, that element of trying to, the, the challenge of it all, of, of trying to, you know, uh, discover this traumatic past that she had once. Yeah, um, before we get on to the specifics of the film, uh, that group of people that you, you're working with, what I noticed is that um, most of you appear, you included, appear to not only uh, act but write or direct. Um, and so I was wondering if the, if the collaboration with the writer was um, uh, quite close, you know, like even in the filming stage. Uh, it was 
uh, during the development stage, we worked together tightly. Um, and uh, he actually, with his script, brought on a producer, uh, David Leslie Johnson, um, who is a, a writer, uh, an incredible writer, and he's done uh, he's done the movies like Aquaman and um, some of the Conjuring series films and stuff like that. So um, he was also on board as well during, uh, and we were very hands-on during the development stages uh, and just going through different scenarios and taking it uh, to different places. But once we... Um, uh, got back on set after COVID. Um, it was actually we. Uh, I didn't actually speak to to uh, Jason throughout that process. We just couldn't. We could get him over there, but it was going to be because of COVID and everything. Um, same with the producers. Actually, they were all in a different room watching a screen, so it wasn't really as uh, interactive. Although I did have a couple Zoom calls with him um, on the lead up. Uh, to the shoot, but once we were rolling, it was kind of uh, my focus was just on on uh, the the shooting days and and trying to make the schedule. Yeah, well, actually, that's that's a left-handed luck, really, uh, because it means that uh, I mean I've spoken to other people who've been in your position who uh, find that the studios or whoever is uh, involved in the financing uh, absolutely uh, swamp them with. Uh, uh, information about changes so you you actually had uh, quite a lot of freedom didn't you yeah it was um yeah i like i really um consider myself lucky because uh you know i think we proved ourselves in the first couple of days that we could stick to a schedule we could shoot uh, what we needed to we were getting in my opinion some really great visual shots and some strong performances so after that um yeah they were very uh, creatively freeing um, and in fact, it was more if I wanted to make a change, they would, you know, come in and be like, okay, let's discuss this and all that. But, um, you know, after we'd have a discussion, um, I think their concerns were, were valid and stuff like that. But there was just a couple of things where we decided to try something different. And um, ultimately, yeah, I think we um, got a really great film because of the creative freedom throughout the whole process, even the editing side of things. I, I really... Um, with my minimal experience working with other producers, sometimes it can be a bit of a, um, a wet blanket in terms of, you know, them worrying about the creative sales from the, from a sales perspective and everything. But um, yeah, this experience was just amazing. It was, it was always about what's the best way to tell this story. And, um, and yeah. Well, it's a great uh, vehicle for Megan Fox. I mean, I know that Megan Fox has had other, you know, I mean, she's, a beautiful looking person and she's had a good career in a whole load of ways but this is actually a substantial role and she comes across very well yeah i think um you know i was really excited when when we we, we got her on board because um you know i thought okay great we're not only going to get a, a great emotional performance but also i think she always brings 100 percent to the action sequences and it is a heavy um action film you know there's a, there's a lot of elements she's dragging a body around for for quite a long time in the film as well and um you know i i think having her on board just some of the creative ideas she brought as well i it was just such a amazing pleasure to work with her and uh and i'm really excited with the performance we got from her and it felt a little bit different to her other films as well you know there is like a a big chunk of it where she is um by herself and we're we're kind of relying on 
her performance bouncing off a, a dead body, <laughs> you know, uh, the, the interactions and everything, it just felt, you know, unique. And uh, I think she did such a great job with it. And um, yeah. Yeah, I think she did too. And uh, I, I was really interested in the, um, I mean, as I was watching it, uh, there were elements to it that were really interesting, you know, obviously the dead weight and the old ball and chain, because it does a whole lot of thematics <laughs> in relation to Mary um, in a sort of a, mm -hmm. I mean, comic dark comedy sort of a way um but also there's elements of um uh, it reminded me of the daniel radcliffe film where he fell in love with you know he kept he was carrying around a dead body do you remember that film <laughs> i have i've seen it, it long, long ago i saw it but it's uh yeah it is uh <laughs> it's quite a surreal film i think at one point he's riding uh he's riding the dead body through the water like a jet ski <laughs> yeah yeah so it takes it takes it, i mean it, the props that you use are really quite compelling aren't they <laughs> also yeah also you're in bulgaria and i mean you're an australian so this uh the there was a fantastic shot where you went from the sky to the you went from the ground to the sky. It's the dead of winter. And winter, is, I mean, how did you handle all that? Because it is quite a different thing. Well, we, you know, we were prepping to shoot in March of 2020. And, um, and at that stage, it was, we were, you know, trying to figure out ways of um, making sure that we could, you know, get as many takes as possible safely with, with Megan having to run barefoot in the snow or yeah. something like that. But then COVID hit and we got shut down for a few months. So by the time we actually um, started rolling the cameras, it, summer had come. And so <laughs> it was a completely, we had flipped 180 and we had to actually, um, you know, we had to create a lot of practical snow, but also there's a lot of digital set extensions um, and everything. So the issues was then how do we keep, you know, these actors that are being rugged up from, from overheating and stuff like that. So it was, it was completely flipped uh, from uh, within those few months of, of lockdown. So what you're saying is the magic of movies are really magic. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And you know, I'm, um, the visual effects team at uh, New Boyana, which is the studio that we, we shot out as well. Um, they were just incredible. And, and we, we did back when it was winter time, uh, managed to get a lot of digital scans of um, the area covered in snow and the frozen lakes and stuff like that. So we we had that data into there, but but it was really, um, you know, it, it's it was kind of a little nerve wracking when we were editing it all, and you've got even some of the crew having to stand in the background holding the green screens and stuff like that, and then. I was very nervous that if we couldn't get the realism of, of the environment in it, we were going to lose all the stakes. And, um, yeah, some of the, the, the work they did was just incredible, creating this freezing cold environment. And, uh, yeah. Well, I was cold. It was fantastic. And the other thing that was amazing <laughs> was the location, the actual house. Fantastic. Or the contrivance yeah. of the house. Yeah, we actually – yeah, we, we were searching um, – for a long time to find the right house and we kept finding interesting houses but they were like surrounded by trees and I didn't want this to be a cabin in the woods type of film I wanted the horror of it being that you can see the horizon line and there's no one there to help you kind of I guess similar to being uh, in the ocean so I was very particular with that in that location All the and we were searching and searching yeah 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 exactly and we were searching for a while and um, 
we couldn't find the right place. But I had seen, um, they had shot a movie, I think the prior year, um, uh, Rambo Last Blood, and I had seen that house and that property. And I said, where, where was this? And so they took me to it and it was perfect. Uh, and at that stage it was covered in snow. So we had to um, re, we, we, we essentially renovated the, the front of the house to be um, a lot different, a lot nicer. And we added the garage and all these elements. And it's actually the back, the back of the house for the Rambo film. But yeah, we essentially took that, uh, that house and turned it into a, a lake house. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, it's fantastic. Um, the other thing is that it was really nice to see Callum McVeigh in the film. Um, so obviously the casting is an interesting selection of English, uh, Australian um, and American. Yeah, well, I've been a, a huge fan of, of Callum's uh, since I saw him um, on Underbelly years ago. And I had been following his career all the way up into him doing, you know, the Superman and Marvel films as well. And um, never thought that I would have a, a chance to, to work with him. And when his name popped up, I, I jumped at the, uh, the opportunity. And uh, yeah, he was just an absolutely an incredible pleasure to work with. And I think we really did luck out with, with the cast. They were all just really amazing actors and, um, you know, even a Malamine, he, he had the ability to um, just change. You know, he's a British actor. And so he would talk to you with his British accent. And then in an instant, he would just flick on this American accent, this flawless American accent. And it was, <laughs> it was just uh, uh, incredible um, performance. Level of skill. Also, the, um, his ability to be such a sadistic bastard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think... Uh, in some of the other roles he's, he's done, he's, you know, he's, he probably has been um, pigeonholed into this. Well, he was Gawain. The, the he, was, uh, he was uh, Gawain <laughs> in Merlin, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's true. And, and I think that like, you know, he, like the, we were a little bit nervous. You know, I think there's, a lot to balance with revealing enough about their relationship before they get to the house. And, um, and I was just, you know, I was a little bit nervous. He's just such a nice guy. Oh, and then I was worried that he wasn't going to, you know, come across as that, uh, that complete dick of a, of a husband. <laughs> um, and uh, when I, when he came in and he said his first line, you know, I thought you were going to wear the red dress. Ooh. He just nailed us. It was I perfect. Know. I was like, okay, I get it. I, uh, you know, he knows yeah, yeah. who the character is. Oh, it's so awful! It, it, I just don't do it. Don't don't go. Don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Molly Reynolds, and I make documentaries like Another Country, and I support Three CR because it is a radio station that once you start listening to, you can't stop. Yes, and you're on Showreel with Annie, and we're in the middle of having a chat with uh, first feature maker. Big big deal it is. It's called Till Death, and the director is uh, uh, Dale uh, uh, Scott Dale, who uh, you know he's uh, he's done five shorts uh, in Australia and was uh, picked up uh, by um, American producers and given a script to make uh, Till Death, and it uh, stars Megan Fox. It was going to get a, a release at um, Nova so that people could all see it and all his mates could come and have a look at it. But uh, it's uh, because of COVID that didn't happen, and it may happen later on. 
but it's going to be launched on home entertainment on the 4th of August this year, so you can get a chance to have a look at it. And it's a good film. So let's continue with our little chat with uh, Scott. It must have been a marvellous experience. How long was the shoot and how long was the edit? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was an incredible experience. We we shot for, um, it was 26 days with, with everyone. And I think we had a day just doing some uh, smaller um, stuff as well with the stunt crew and everything. Um, so it was a pretty tight schedule for what we needed, especially because the last uh, 15 minutes, um, there's a lot of action. There's a, there's a few things that are shot underwater and, and that stuff we had to be as, you know, take our time with to be as safe as possible. So um, uh, it was really, it was, it was a bit of a tight schedule to get it all in, but uh, that was, that was amazing. And then we went to London to do uh, post-production and we were there. We didn't actually have an editor on board while we were shooting. I was still searching for the right editor. I was very particular and I thought because this was a female protagonist, I really wanted to have a female perspective in that editing room. And so it took a while, to, but we found Sylvie Landra, who's an incredible uh, editor, and she came on board. Um, but at, at, at the stage that she came on board, COVID had hit, so she was stuck in Paris. I was stuck in the UK with our second editor, Alex. Uh, and um, and then by December time, they were going into lockdown. So then I flew back to Australia. So I was working uh, essentially night shifts for the, for the rest of the uh, editing process at about uh, eight o'clock. I'd start at night and finish at four in the morning uh, with the editing team in London and Paris. But uh, uh, it was, it was incredible to work with them, but uh some days, you know, three o'clock in the morning, your decision making uh, uh, becomes a little, yeah, yeah, <laughs> a yeah. little hard. It's the time in a day that you uh, really bottom out, and then you're climbing back up. I mean, in fact, it was a little bit like the last sequence. The last sequence is in the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, some days it really felt like that. Yeah, amazing. Um, so it's very impressive film. I know that it was uh, it it had a, a short run and uh, it's gone to video, but uh, and we've been unable to have the theatrical release here because of COVID. But uh, obviously, um, there's lots of places for it to be seen. Ultimately, you're going to sell it to a variety of places, I believe. Yes, we are, and you know it's it's we you know it's a, a little bit frustrating because. You, you spend all this time in the, the post-production kind of getting this uh, surround sound and the, even the color grade and everything. It's all set to, uh, you know, to, for, for a theatrical release only to have a lot of people probably watch it off their laptops. So there is a little bit of frustration like that, but I'd rather, you know, get as many eyes onto it as possible. And, you know, with um, uh, living in this COVID age, it's uh, quite difficult with uh, cinemas opening and closing. And we we're actually set to have a, a Melbourne uh, screening next Tuesday, but uh, we've been put in a snap lockdown, which which um, has kind of pushed that back a couple of weeks. But um, yeah, I, you know, I hope uh, I I hope that you know people get to as many people as possible get to see it. And I know that in the US, at some stage, uh, they have a net. It's actually popping up on Netflix. So I'm excited because I think these streaming services. It's just it's a great way to get uh, as many eyes onto it as possible. And it's you know it is this fun roller coaster. Uh, well, fun in quote marks, roller coaster of a ride thriller. So, uh, you know, I, I think something like a streaming service that will do really well on. 
Well, yeah, yeah, I think so too. It, it, I mean, I did watch it on a, um, a computer and it worked really well on a computer. I'm sitting there completely taken up by it. And I'm uh, also interested in the soundscapes and stuff like that that you've created, which are really compelling, which is the sort of thing you need in a in a scary movie, which it is, a thriller. Um, but uh, I must admit that, that, you know, this is another bit of left-handed luck with COVID because whenever you actually do get to see a feature on a big screen and listen to the the mood and all the rest of it, 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 it is just so much better, you know. So, you know, yeah, it, it, yeah, it tells 100%. you how much better it is. Yeah, exactly. And I, I know I, uh, what you were saying about the, the soundscape and everything of the film, you know, these the, the sound designers... Uh, it's such an incredible job, I feel, because, um, you know, you're, you're really creating, the, even like I was saying with the, the visual digital set extensions, sound was so vital to making that snow feel, you know, as real as possible every footstep, hearing that wet crunching sound. Uh, and because it's a, you know, it's got a lot of suspenseful moments, I think the sound team was really excited by that because a lot of the films that are doing over there are the action and the loud, you know, gunshots going off which they love, but this was a little bit different. And sometimes it was kind of like, no, we need to pull even more out. We need it to be as silent as possible. I want like the audience to be worried that even just them breathing alone is going to be, you know, going to give away where she's hiding. So uh, it was really finding that balance between uh, the suspenseful moments like that. And then some kind of full, full out action sequences that we have later on as well. There's a there's a lovely there's a couple of different scenes in that that I just really liked and found kind of humorous in in a way that bit where she lies down in the snow and they can't see her I I found that so um, <laughs> funny <laughs> that was so sweet I yeah it's 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 one of those moments especially because of the way how frustrated the the brother is at that point and um, you know he's so distracted by it and she's just lying there in the cold. Um, it is. It, it was one of those moments as well that we weren't sure how it was going to feel on paper. And I would say that was probably um, the biggest concern from the producers when we were shooting that day was because in the, on script, she actually had the wedding dress still with her. But I just oh. didn't buy that she was going to keep bringing that with her and stuff like that. So we ended up, you know, tweaking that moment around. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's one of those moments that's quite funny just the way she drops into it and holds that position yeah yeah it's really sweet um the other thing is what do you do now i mean because uh this is a big step you've cha your whole career changes now i assume yeah well i mean it's a it's a, an exciting time um it's you i've kind of been living with this movie for a few years now because we had the whole development stage of it as well and um I'm really just excited and, and starting to read a lot of scripts coming through and just looking in search for that one that really connects with me on uh, the same level uh, as this script did. And um, yeah, so still searching away where, you know, there's a, there's a couple projects um, that uh, I've been developing on my own as well that now are getting a bit of heat. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes, but it's just an exciting time to see, what I yeah what what I can and what who who will let me shoot something next and uh, we'll see. Yeah, it's great, isn't it, when people pay for you to do what you like to do? <laughs> it is. It's uh, no, it's been an incredible um, you know dream come true with this this last production and um, you know having been 
all the way from Australia and Melbourne in this small little town where I grew up as well. You know, it's just uh, the idea that I would ever get an opportunity like this to work with, you know, someone like Megan and even Callan and all that. Um, I still have to pinch myself that uh, someone, yeah, allowed me to do it and, and pay for me to do it, which was a nice little icing on the cake. Good luck, mate. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks for talking to me. Cheers. Really appreciate it. Bye. And that was S.K. Dale, Scott Dale. He's going by the name S.K. Dale. And um, the film is Till Death, and uh, it's really worth seeing. It's a, it's a nicely put-together thriller. Uh, it says lots about uh, the negative side of marriage, and uh, as the byline says, survival is the best revenge. Uh, good role for uh, Megan Fox, too. Uh, coming up next is uh, Published or Not, and we'll go out with uh, Kavisha Masala number. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.